It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you from deep inside the castle. Today is February the 13th. Time flies. Well, the four horsemen have mounted their horses. They're on the way. Welcome to today's broadcast. Revelation is the title of it, because the time is near. Eli James will be on with us in just a second. I'm going to give you a couple news updates that are very important, so stand by. We'll be right with you, and don't forget, you are not alone. architect. I created the Matrix. I've been waiting for you. You are not alone. You are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. We are in this together. You're certainly not alone. Eli is my guest today, and uh, we're going to be talking about the Revelate Book of Revelation, and we're going to be Picking up where we left off, but I've got a couple of news items before we get started to tell you. And uh, <clears throat> one of them is, how many of you are fans of Rand Paul? Well, I'm not, never have been, but here might help you decide for sure. Rand Paul's main advisor, his chief staff person, is Netanyahu's campaign manager in Israel. <laughs> that ought to that ought to help you decide whether you like Rand Paul. Yeah, uh, Rand Paul should start passing out free yarmulkes. There you go. Mm-hmm. All those 
the yeah, kiss the feet sure of the devil. The Jewish vote. <laughs> right. Another thing is there's a, a dock strike uh, that is going to happen. You know, we've been since October only had 30% of our stuff coming in on boats on the West Coast. There's a big backup. We know I know directly two businesses that have been affected thousands of dollars of of uh, supplies um you know basic commodities um resources and even finished products i know somebody that wasn't able to get on a tv show uh to sell their stuff because it's sitting on a boat out there in the in the ocean and um this is also affecting us in many other ways um your food etc but there's a total shutdown of the ports on the West Coast being planned. Now, this is going to wreak havoc, folks. I, I don't know if you understand how many months they're backed up and how many things are being affected. Even Panasonic's having trouble getting their stuff in, and they have gobs, I can't even tell you, uh, it's more than millions sitting out there waiting to come in. This kind of, there, There's a big, big problem with this uh, dock stuff. Last item before we get with uh, this uh, topic of the show today. There is, of course, this ramping up of hate against Russia. <clears throat> and, of course, they tried with France and Germany... Holland of France, the head of France, and uh, Merkel uh, from Germany, they met with Putin in uh, Belarus, in Minsk, and tried to strike some kind of peace accord. And uh, they have a treaty that's supposed to start midnight of the 15th. In the meantime, the very day after these meetings, Kiev just literally annihilated Donsk again, with heavy artillery, killing civilians. Basically, the military didn't get hit, okay? The only other creature on this planet called a state or nation, not a nation, just a state, that does this kind of brutality are two organizations, terrorists and the state of Israel. Uh, don't repeat yourself, Doc. That's exactly right, Eli. I'm, I'm right. repeating myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what they have done is they have pulled all the stops and are spending millions of dollars in order to psychologically program people into hating Russia. Mm -hmm. Because, folks, Ukraine is not about Ukraine. Ukraine is about Russia. I know we've gone over this umpteen jillion times. Yeah. But the ramping up of Julie Wood has hit an unprecedented peak. All of these newer shows that are in modern context have things about Russia. Even 1500-period time frame kings and queens and knights and shining armor stuff have picked up the theme of hating Russia. Can you believe it? Right. Now... I'm going to play for you the latest show. Here's the latest broadcast that you can find uh, that have uh, that they have launched, and I'm going to give a link to those of you in the chats. There's more than one chat here. 
And you're going to be able to view the new propaganda campaign <laughs> by Zog, okay, that tells you about this new hatred that they're ramping up for Russia. And this is a new show called Allegiance. It was first supposed to be called coercion, but that didn't quite fit the flavor of trying to make you a patriot. So they called it Allegiance. It's about a CIA agent, CIA agent who's new, and his first case is his own family, who are ruthless Russian spies <laughs> in America. Right. I, I, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna tell you what's in it, except that you know, you know, what are we doing to Russia right now? We're sanctioning them. What are they telling everybody? Well, Russia invaded Ukraine, and they're going to nuke everybody in the world. Well, if you think that's you know crazy, well, when you want to know really what their position is, you just have to listen to some of their propaganda to get the real flavor. Here it is. Tell me the truth, or tell the FBI. Don't make me say it. The FBI is planning an attack on U.S. soil. They're calling it Black Dagger. Could be another 9-11. This would start another war. Stop, then stop lying to me. Focus. We lose everything. You like her? Of course I like her. She's my partner. Alex knew I was lying. I'm afraid he'll never forgive me. I want out. You have a choice to make. Make it up for your family. Who are you working for? Every day of my entire life. It's a lie. Allegiance. New. Next Thursday, 10, 9 Central. Part of the all-new NBC Thursday. Allegiance <laughs> is the name of this show. In the last episode, which I put links up to, Eli, you're going to see, folks, they're talking about sanctions, right. and the Russians are mad. And guess what the response the Russians are planning? They're going to nuke New York City? That would be a good thing. Worse than 9-11. They're yeah. going to nuke America. Right. Of course, right. Right. Here, uh, actually, uh, I was just uh, reading an article about this entire subject uh, before you brought it up, and, and it's very germane. And this is uh, the comments of uh, Professor Francis Boyle. I'm not sure exactly uh, what university he's affiliated with, uh, but it says uh, he's an internationally prestigious authority on pre uh, pretexts for war. And mm -hmm. it says here, Boyle told RIA Novosti, which is probably some uh, Russian uh, media outlet, on May 8th, quote, the Ukrainian crisis had been planned as well as the war. There was, and we, talk, we talked about the, uh, the Yanukovych government, you know, uh, when it was being overthrown. You know, you and I did several shows about that, showing it was not, n not Nazis, but it was Jews dressed as Nazis. That were overthrowing the Yanukovych regime and had installed a bunch of Jewish oligarchs to run Ukraine. So it's obviously a coup by international Jewry and not by uh, Russia. Okay, the exact opposite is really happening compared to you know the propaganda piece you just played. Okay, 
And uh, Boyle says, well, there was a war plan, there was a war game, then it was revised and implemented. We are seeing steps now being taken that were planned in advance. This is all being used as a pretext to bring NATO military forces as by air, sea, and land right up to the borders of the Russian Fed- Federation. They are clearly going ahead with this. And you said they bombed the hell out of U- Ukraine again today. Mm-hmm. And this is not the Russians doing it. This is the uh, uh, alliance of various Jewish-controlled countries, otherwise known as NATO. Okay. Boyle extolled Russia for trying to exhaust all diplomatic means possible to resolve the Ukrainian crisis and accused the United States and NATO of deliberate escalation. Okay. So Russia is actually, Putin is actually, as we correctly concluded, Putin is the one who is holding back and mm-hmm. being very statesmanlike, whereas the NATO allies are the ones, they're the real warmongers here. And, of course, they control the Western media to make, you know, to paint the picture that uh, Putin is the aggressor and nothing could be further from the truth. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. They're bound well, this to really, start World this, War Three. This really is uh, pushing us into a possible attack on America by Russia, and here's why. Because it's the only choice. When you get backed into a corner... Mm-hmm. The only way out might be over the uh, cougar that's right. got you cornered. Right. And America's trying to corner Putin. And it mm-hmm. might actually fit into end-time prophecy. Now, it's, right. here's not here's the good thing, Eli. Putin knows it's not the American people. Uh, uh, he's right. that smart. He yeah. knows. He he might wipe out Washington. Yeah. But he's not going yeah. to he's not he's not going to take out, you know, uh some bedroom district like uh, Kiev's doing to right. uh, eastern Ukraine. He's just right. not going to do Yeah. He, well, he uh, I think we said this. Uh, what, what's happening in Ukraine is the same thing that's happening to Palestine. It's it's true. Okay. It is, mm-hmm. It's because, guess what, you, like you were saying earlier, it's the same people. That's right. It's the same people. So oh, here's no. let me give you a couple more items of news. I, I said I wasn't going to do this, but yeah. I am going to anyway. The feds are holding a hearing real soon uh, so that they can get uh, regulations on news and information on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that was coming, so here it is. It's coming. Uh, the only other thing that we've got is Elizabeth Warren, who happens to be a Democrat in Massachusetts, the Nazi state, literally is fighting to get a different audit of the Fed and doesn't want to endorse Rand Paul's version of the audit because it gives the Fed more power. Uh (laughs) Well, we know that because that's who his, uh, you know, the Fed's his uh, bed partner, right? Right. Now, here's something that people probably don't know. Here we are in sanctions, uh, including Europe and Britain, of course, against Russia. But get this, the largest publicly traded company in the world is a Russian oil company. Hmm. I don't think people realize how much natural resources they have. Now, the company is called Rosneft, R-O-S-N-E-F-T. And guess who owns 20% of it? Always some Jewish oligarch. (laughs) Britain's BP. Britain's BP. So you okay, know, well that's Rothschild. Yeah. Yeah. A Jewish so, oligarch. Yeah. 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 
It's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it's just like this this new uh, this new movie, Allegiance. It's an American adaptation of his Israeli spy drama called The Gordon Cell. C E L L. By the way, Gordon Cell is a uh, is a of a fake name for a real spy ring that happened to be in the United States. Uh, in about the time that Netanyahu was kicking uh, uh, doors around and opening them in, in America when he was in college, but oh golly, he just so happened to also be stealing nuclear bomb triggers uh-huh. from America at the same time he was in college. You know, I kind of wonder how these guys can even graduate from Yale and Harvard and all these places right. uh, when they're so busy out doing spy stuff and stealing from America. It's yeah. called the NUMAC affair, M-E-N-U-M-E-C. If you type in N-U-M-E-C, you'll find out over 800 nuclear bomb triggers were stolen through a movie guy uh-huh. that's wanted, by the way, by the United States that snuck in for an award at Hollywood, and he got snuck back out of the country. But right. uh, his buddy, uh, Netanyahu, helped him. So, mm-hmm. hey, go, go go figure. Right. Eli, what you okay. got for us today? We stopped at uh, the Church of Laodicea in the Revelation. And what I still have in my mind, Eli, mm-hmm. is that as you went through these last seven churches, I distinctly remember two times that you were reading about John warning these churches, two of them anyway, Uh two times, about the fake Jews. Right. (laughs) About these people that call themselves Jews and are not. They were in, this is, folks, this is not, this is in the book of Revelation. Right. Talking about. Twice so far in yeah. the book of Revelation about hey, there's these guys that call themselves Jews and they're not Jews. It, right. it was just I can still remember that. What do you yeah. got for us? What where are we at in this? Well, we covered the uh, you know, the seven uh, churches or the seven congregations, both in their literal reality and their prophetic uh, significance. Okay, and uh, there are seven church ages that are represented. And uh, the last one was the Church of Laodicea, which we're in right now, uh, going from uh, 18, I'm sorry, 1915 to whenever the world ends, <laughs> whenever this age ends, okay? And there's uh, other prophecies that dovetail with that. We'll get into that as we progress. But uh, we are in the, the Church of the lukewarm people uh, who are neither cold nor hot, who are, are so uh, lukewarm that um, Josh, Jesus Christ, Yahshua Messiah, will spew them out of his mouth because they nauseate him. And that, it's talking about apathetic people, okay? And uh, Judeo-Christianity has become very apathetic, certainly has no concern about the suffering of other people because uh, the main gospel that's being taught is the gospel of personal salvation, Okay. And it uh, it just te- uh, it teaches basically two concepts that the Jews are God's chosen people and the law has been done away with. So you got nothing to worry about. <laughs> You're saved. And you know that that philosophy has created an apathetic Judeo-Christian. Okay. So the vast majority of these Judeo-Christians think that everything has been 
preordained. Uh, you're, you're, uh, since the law has been abolished, it doesn't matter what you do, whether you do right or wrong, simply doesn't matter. And therefore, the entire Judeo-Christian world has become very apathetic. And this is why Jesus Christ hates them and they nauseate him. Okay? I just wanted to, you know, make that clear. That's that's why this last time, last uh, day's church is so evil. It's really evil. Uh, it's a uh, it's a stupid apathy. If these people had any brains, they would understand that the law has not been done away with, and that uh, your works you will be judged according to your works. I, I think we had mentioned that a couple of times in the first three chapters e- of Revelation. Eli, it's not even it's 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 even worse than that. Really? They don't even. They don't even. They don't even adhere to the uh, doctrines the churches have. I mean, you go into a church, you wouldn't even know it's a church. It would know it's Christian. You would think yeah. it's a pep talk for some kind of uh, of yeah. uh, uh, sales meeting in order to get rich. I mean, it's it's right. really gotten. Yeah. It's gotten to the point where you'd be hard pressed to find out if you're going to hell or not if you're. Right. You're not a believer and repent. You know, it's just really that gotten that bad. Right, right. And you can't be edified at all, can you, when you don't know who you are. So there's none of them able to tell you how to grow in this spiritual walk. Right. Because they don't tell you. The focus is on being successful in this world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joel Osteen, uh, Joyce Meyer, the whole slew of them are teaching a prosperity gospel that if you want to be prosperous in this world, send us your money and read our books. <laughs> right? Now, people, this might obviously not be as, you know, the Olsteins and the Myers and all those guys, there may not be all that many of them, but I'm going to tell you something. They represent the largest followings. Yeah, that's right. They're not, I mean, you get into a church that preaches hellfire and brimstone, right. uh, they might have 100 people if they're lucky. Yeah. Now this prosperity gospel has taken over the church world, and your mega churches—the ones, these are churches that aren't necessarily on television—they preach the same thing. You know, going back to the purpose-driven church that we yeah. were mocking last time. They called it. It's really should be called the profit-driven church. Oh, <laughs> right? that's what it is. That's yeah, the bottom line. If you're not making money in your church, then right. you have the wrong goal. That's right. In, the, in this current era of the Laodicean church, yes. And so that prophecy is so right on to you know what's happening today. I, I don't think it could be stated any better than Revelation chapter three stated it. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about something. We're in this period of time. How long did some of these other periods last? Do you know any time okay. frames? You know, because uh, it kind of makes you wonder just how long this period's going to last. Because we, if we're in the seventh one, holy cow, we've had six go by. This is it. Right. So how far into seven are we? How long did some of them last? Well, okay, let me uh, go. The uh, church at Ephesus lasted from 30 A.D. to 64 A.D., and that was the beginning church, the church that when uh, Christianity was just growing budding, flowering, and, and spreading throughout throughout the Middle East, okay? and uh, But then it ran into the Roman persecutions, and that was Smyrna uh, mm-hmm. from 64 A.D. to 313, uh, when the um, 
uh, Constantine issued the Edict of Toleration. Okay. So that's about 250. Right. Okay. And then uh, Pergamos Elevation, 313 to 529 being the year that the um, the Roman emperors decided uh, to th- throw the Jews out of the Roman court. So that's and, another 215 right. or 20 years. And then a Thyatira acceptable offering, which is actually the uh, uh, Christians being persecuted uh, by uh, by the church, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking about the martyrs offering themselves. That's 529 to 1529. Ooh, that's, that's a thousand years right, there. there. That's a thousand years. And Sardis remnant, 1529 to 1789, but I think we uh, decided 1776 might be better because Church of Philadelphia represents the founding of America in the city of Philadelphia in 1776. So that's another 210-15 years. 200 years. And then uh, then, uh, that lasts to 1914, 1789 to 1914, with uh, World War I uh, issuing, uh, starting a whole new era of judgment. Okay. So that was a little over 100 years. Right. And then the last, uh, last church of Laodicea, 1914 until the Judgment Day. Okay. Ooh, so so right. we're 100 years it, it, into yeah. the and last I, church age. And I don't think it's going to last 200 years. <laughs> well, weren't we told this was going to be the the, the church that was shortened in the time right. frame? the times, are, yes. So if we had one that was 100 years in the past, uh, it's pushing its uh, ability to stay um, mm-hmm. any longer at all. Right. So, Eli, mm-hmm. based on just this information, I would, I, in Scripture, I would say, wouldn't you, that it's basically close to the end of that age, maybe? Oh, very close. Yeah, there's, there's very, okay. very few pro- prophecies left to be fulfilled, and uh, you know, we'll, as we go through Revelation, we'll identify which ones those are. There's not many. There's only a handful left. Virtually everything has been fulfilled in history. Okay, so uh, let's continue with chapter 4, Throne of Heaven, and this is one of the chapters that is a flash forward to uh, picturing the the kingdom and what it's like, what what we can expect life to be like in the kingdom, and it's all very uh, glowing, figurative language. Uh, Very little of it can be taken literally. And where are you at? Yeah, uh, chapter 4. Okay. Chapter 4 is describing the throne of heaven. Uh, verse 4 talks about the 24 elders who are comprised of the 12 patriarchs, you know, the 12 sons of Jacob Israel, and uh, the 12 apostles. That's where you get your 24 elders from. Okay. And these, these have received crowns of gold, not diadems, mm-hmm. not the crown of a king, because they've earned... They've earned their way into into the kingdom, okay, and uh, that that means it's a crown of victory, okay. The, and these twelve tribes, of course, still exist today as the Anglo-Saxon nations, who are throughout in, in America is comprised has the largest representation of all twelve tribes than any country on the face of the earth. Uh, other countries will have two or three, maybe four tribes represented. 
but America has you know, all we, 12 tribes. We, we, we sometimes forget about some of our other uh, countries. We talk about, you know, Australia, South Africa, Europe. Right. We, you know, often forget about some of them, like Iceland's our people. Right. I mean, yeah, Iceland is primarily Benjamin. Primarily so, by Benjamin. Yeah. You know, they they at least, one of the tribes kicked out the money barons, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they did so uh, at uh, great with great distress, kicking the robber barons out. Uh, very recently, a couple of years ago, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, and so uh, the uh, verse seven is the order of encampment, which actually is the same as way back in the book of Exodus, where it describes the twelve tribes camping in the wilderness right after the Exodus. Right. So uh, these uh, these are very figurative terms. In other words, all of this stuff was going to be elevated to a, a glorious state, uh, the sea of glass. What's the sea of glass? Well, you can, from heaven, from the heavenly throne, Yahweh can see all of creation. So there's nothing that he can't see. That's why the floor is is a transparent sea of glass, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, everything is visible to him. There's nothing that he can't see, including the depths of your own soul, <laughs> Okay. All right, and then verses 8 through 11, four animals with six wings each, the wings representing the 24 elders. And I think it also recalls the uh, the four uh, cherubim that are guarding the, the, the Garden of Eden so that uh, no one can take it by force. So after Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, four cherubim, and uh, obviously we're talking about the, the heavenly garden, that we can't get in in our, in our sinful nature, okay? Uh, there has to be one more transformation to take place before we can get in, and that's what Paul talks about when he says we will change in an instant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be perfected. Yes, perfected. That's uh, so. Corruption cannot uh, uh, assume that type of body. You ha- your current sins have to be forgiven uh, before you uh, to make that uh, elevation. Obviously, uh, very f- few people in the world, certainly not the the Judeo-Christians, and certainly not the Jews, uh, being as sinful as they are, are going to be found in the kingdom. <laughs> they're going to be like the tares. They're just going to be burnt to a crisp, and nothing will be left of them. You know, Anybody who thinks that uh, they can do as they please and get away with murder, as the Jews believe they can, and the Judeos who think they can get away with anything because the law has been abolished, they're not going to see the kingdom. They just will not see it. Okay. That's right. Okay. Okay. We've got, uh, that almost brings us to the end of uh, uh, chapter four. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Because this, like I said, this whole thing is a uh, foreshadowing, a looking forward, a flash forward into the kingdom. Okay. And and then, and and this kind of gives us a, a platform then for a what a kingdom that the Father uh, exists in looks like, mm-hmm. where where these uh, bad things coming to us uh, are actually juxtaposed to. In other words, okay, here's the good, and then he starts in verse uh, or in chapter five, and now he outlines what's coming. Right. Yeah. But isn't these uh, aren't these also uh, historical events? I mean, aren't they dual in meaning? Uh, not in chapter four. Uh, chapter four is uh, simply, uh, you know, a, 
uh, oh, okay. a, a side, so, you know, so, a side so, glimpse into the kingdom. It has nothing and to do probably with it. a pretty small picture of of it right. at, at that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although the, the the symbolism is still Israelite symbolism, you know. You can't we're we're fortunate that. to be able to even have this picture, you know, because yeah. uh, you know what the Vatican's just done. The Pope has ordered a rewriting of the Bible. Did you know that? Uh, I just found out. <laughs> so that he can understand it. <laughs> now, now guess guess who's going to be? This is gonna this this isn't gonna surprise surprise you. But it might take, you know, as as far as, oh, well, I you know, go figure kind of thing. But do you know the author that wrote the Harry Potter series? You know, the Harry Potter series. I never read one of their books, uh-huh. but it's about a magician, right? Right. The Harry Potter series. Right. The lady that wrote that is being commissioned by the Pope to write a new Bible. <laughs> well, let's have some witchcraft, why don't we? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> can you? Can I mean, you know, go figure. Yeah. It's the Catholics. You yeah, know? exactly. Well, the Catholic Church, I think uh, we discussed this, uh, is with the false uh, assumption that uh, the Catholic Church was founded by St. Peter, which it was not. There's hardly any evidence, that, there's really no evidence that Peter was ever in Rome. Okay. And he would not have established a Laodicean, or, I mean, I'm sorry, the Nicolaitan Church. We talked about the Nicolaitans having mm-hmm. authority over the people, to, uh, assuming authority, and that's exactly what the Catholic Church is. It's always always has been. And what kind of Christian murders people for not agreeing with their point of view? <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, what what kind of Christian church allows homosexuality and child molestation to take place on a daily basis? Or or be you can be in uh, the religion of voodoo, but make sure you're Catholic too. That kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. So as long as you have the label Catholic, that you're okay. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's it's again, it's one of these religions that's about butts in the pews and, and shekels in the baskets, and you know whatever false authority it can assume over people. That's well, that's really just like a, a Catholic. If you if you have a problem with the public schools, you can put your kid in a Catholic school. If you're not a member of the Catholic Church, if you become a member of the Catholic Church, you get a big discount. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess they figure they'll scare you out of some shekels uh, through whatever you do when you're a member in the church. You know, I don't yes. know. I don't know that much about it. I wasn't Catholic. Yeah, right. So well, here I we Catholic are. Catholic, and I rejected it at age seventeen because there of the hypocrisy go. that I saw. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, how many have done that? Yeah, Unfortunately, the problem with a Catholic, a former Catholic, is they have to overcome their image of what quote Christian yeah. life in in the Bible is. Right. They got to get rid of that just to come up to ground level. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah. then they Access can take baggage. off. Uh, yeah. They got they got a really steep climb because not only I mean if you were in some other pagan religion it would be well that's antichrist you know that's mm-hmm. anti-Christian. But you have to understand when you're in Catholicism that mm-hmm. it's anti-Christian too, yeah. so to speak. So yeah. to speak, I, you know the term Christian. What do you say anymore? You know, right? It's kind of hard to say what it is. But go ahead. I don't mean to slow you down. We're in chapter five for, of Revelation, right. folks. And and uh, where do you want to start? Well, uh, verses 1 through 5 uh, talk again about the, uh, well, the opening of the 
was it the Seven Seals? Oh, yeah, yeah the, the Seven Seals. seals. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's introductory comments. Again, we're talking about the, uh, again, the Israelite imagery coming from the Old Testament is very clear. The 24 elders are mentioned again. Uh, verse 5, and one of the elders says to me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. In other words, oh, there's only one person or personage capable of explaining, opening, revealing the meaning of these seals, and that's Jesus Christ himself. Okay, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what verses 1 through 5 are telling us. Verse 6, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, again, where these four beasts are not necessarily evil beasts. They could be the cherubim protecting the uh, heavenly garden of Eden from uh, anybody mm-hmm. who might, well, might want to take it by force. Okay? And so these four beasts, again, are in, in the midst of the elders. So we know that these beasts are the four cherubim. We know that the 24 elders... Um, are standing with Jesus Christ in heaven, looking down upon these things. Now there's also now this, uh, uh, we mentioned it earlier, there's there's a beast having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And we know from earlier chapters that these are angels, and their eyes represent their view, the view uh, that they have of prophecy. Okay. And he came out and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and vials full of odors, which are prayers, the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every kindred and tongue, and people and nation, of course, these we're talking about the nations, various nations of Israelites, okay? Because mm-hmm. he said, "I come not but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel." Nevertheless, what we well, kindred do, is not uh, kindred is yes. is family. That's uh, right. Kilt, kindred is family. Kilt, kilt is is a friend. Mm-hmm. Kilf, I should okay. say. Right. Uh, uh, so so you know, friend could be any nationality but kindred means they're related yes exactly to be related Uh, ultimately Mm -hmm. it's the 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 descendants of abraham isaac and jacob and uh, the primary uh, you know kindred being the 12 tribes of israel and all related peoples you know which uh, would be the americans the white americans the white brits the white germans uh, the white Danes, of course, the, the the further north you go, the whiter those countries are, okay? But then we also have Australia, New Zealand, uh, Canada, South Africa, we used to have Rhodesia, countries which were founded by white Israelites, okay? So all of these nations are, are the ones being talked about here, those founded by the 12 tribes of Israel, okay? Okay. And And have made us to our God kings and priests, well, which which countries have had kings and priests? There you go. Yeah, that's the white Anglo-Saxon nations, right? And we shall reign on the earth. This is uh, what's what's I'm trying to think of uh, dominionism. They're going back all the way to Genesis chapter one, verses twenty-six and twenty-eight, I believe, where it talks about that the Adamites will have dominion, ultimately have dominion on this planet. Okay. 
Yahweh ordained or dominion. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it talks again about the uh, four beasts and uh, etc. There's not not really any prophecy contained in chapter five either. It's just a, a declaration of who is worthy of understanding of, of having this prophecy delivered to them. Okay. Of course, the new song is the new covenant of the New Testament. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the new song, and uh, Paul spent his entire ministry trying to explain to two groups, mainly the house of Judah, those Judahites who were keeping the sacrificial laws in the Old Testament, even into New Testament days. They had to accept that the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. Was enough. <laughs> was, it was well eliminated those blood yeah. ritual sacrifices. They didn't have to do yeah. that anymore. Well, okay. I'm sure that that group, particularly that group, got a lot of help from some infiltrators too. Right, mm. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, they they were subverted by Pharisees, by Jewish Pharisees. There's no doubt about that, right? And so, uh, so uh, this is uh, marking the transition between the Old Testament and the New Testament, because yeah, before the New Testament, you didn't have the 12 apostles. You only had 12 elders. With the New Testament, you have 12 more elders added to it, so now you have 24 elders. Okay? okay. They're still alive in heaven. They're, they're probably more alive than you and I are, okay, <laughs> because they don't have uh, earthly diseases. They, they don't have aches and pains? <laughs> they don't, right. And they don't have to worry about death. <laughs> they're, they're alive forever. They've earned their crown of glory, as we found out in chapter 4, okay? So now, the, so chapters 4 and 5 don't have any prophecy, it's, but it's basically making editorial-type statements, you know, about who's worthy to open the book, etc., etc. I'd say uh, verse 9 is probably the only verse that is actually prophetic, because it's talking about the era of the New Testament, New Testament teaching, and to whom... This is delivered, okay? And, of course, uh, verse 10, And have made us to our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Uh, Exodus 19.6 says, I will, uh, With these Israelites I will make a kingdom of kings and priests. So every Israelite man, every Israelite male, is expected to be a king and a priest. Of course, you're the king of your own castle. Right from from deep inside your own castle, <laughs> and uh, but you're also supposed to be a, a priest. That, that is, you're supposed to know the law, and uh, you know everybody in your household is supposed to obey it. Okay, that that's how kings and priests are supposed to operate. Okay, now chapter six. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it was. The noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Again, these four beasts, I think, are uh, reminiscent of, if not exa- exactly the same as the cherubim that are protecting the you know, heavenly Garden of Eden. And it I sounds see. like this is an announcement. because, yes. Yes. Uh, And it, it, to me, you don't really see an, a- an activity as much as you see authority being given to do certain things. Right, yes. Yeah, so uh, chapter 4 is uh, basically a flash-forward to the kingdom, or basically a description of what it's like 
to mm-hmm. exist in the kingdom uh, state, okay? And this is, of course, a heavenly spiritual state, not an earthly state. And chapter 5 is telling us about the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament era. And now chapter 6, now we're getting back into historical prophecy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Verse 2. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given to him. Hold on, I have to turn the page. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. So who is this first beast? Now we're starting with literal history, although this uh, was actually from John's point of view what happened in the past. It was the first seal. And now this is one of the first verses we've come to here again that could have a dual prophetic meaning. This is the historical right. and, and prophetic type of, uh, of yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, these, message. These are the four horses of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what we're discussing right now. And uh, most people uh, have a future... Um, only. Interpre- future yeah, only. future only or a duo. Some of them have a duo. Uh, but l- let's get into the past. This is actually, he's actually talking about actual history here. He's talking about Roman history here. The first seal, the white horse, the Roman generals, military authority of of Rome in the early days, starting with the Battle of Actium in 31 BC, Octavius to Augustus, 64 AD. The Roman generals always rode on a white horse so that their troops could easily recognize them. So did uh, some of the American uh, military leaders. They were okay. on white horses. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, uh, uh, most of the time in the military setting, if you're on a horse, uh, Patton was on a white horse. Okay. Often, yeah. So. Yeah, that's kind of a traditional for uh, for generals to ride on white horses, going mm-hmm. all the way back to ancient Rome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so this uh, goes back to 31 B.C., this tradition. Okay. Uh, verses 3 and 4, the second seal, the red horse signifying bloody dictatorship. Again, the same time frame that we talked about earlier for the second church, Nero to Diocletian, 64 AD to 313 AD. These verses put the aforementioned 10 days within the context of these four horsemen or military stages. Okay, so the second seal is the probably the bloodiest reign that's why it's the red horse, signifying blood. The bloodiest era of the Roman Empire when they were persecuting Christians. Okay? Verse 5, the third seal, the black horse. Rome divided into two empires, the balances. This is 313 to 396. Christianity was recognized by Constantine. The Eastern Empire is centered at Constantinople, while the seat of the Western Empire remains at Rome. So it was during this era that Rome divided into two parts. Okay. Uh, Verse 6, wheat and barley are references to faithful Christians, for Christian Israelites. The oil of anointing and the wine of preaching, teaching the true doctrine in opposition to Roman paganism. Okay. And then we got into uh, briefly the discussion of how 
the Roman Church incorporated after Constantine, and probably starting with Constantine, incorporated a lot of pagan imagery, and you know Easter. You know what's Easter? There's no there, Easter it's is a pagan not a holiday. Christian day. It's a pagan holiday. It's dedicated to Astarte, the uh, you know goddess of Babylon. Okay, so uh, so Rome incorporated a lot of paganism because why? Well, because it wasn't. They found it wasn't easy to convert these pagans, so they basically compromised and used a lot of pagan imagery to make the pagans happy, and incorporate that into uh, you know, Christian holidays. All right, so that's what they did. So that's the black horse, and I think black here uh, symbol symbolizes deceit, the deceit that's going on. Verses seven and eight, the fourth seal, the pale horse, three ninety six to five twenty nine A.D. The decline of Imperial Rome under a series of military coups. During this period, only one emperor died a natural death. The rest were all assassinated. In short, pagan Rome was committing suicide. Okay? So, mm-hmm. the white horse, red horse, black horse, and pale horse. And this is uh, the, the interpretation, the histor- historical interpretation of Howard B. Rand in his book study and revelation and mm-hmm. i don't i don't i've never seen anything better than than this interpretation that he's given this period. i also i also uh feel compelled to say though mm-hmm. that this can have a dual prophetic yes. meaning mm-hmm. that you know okay so what it's history right that's behind us yes yeah that's okay but if he's trying to give us a revelation of the future Right. Uh, not that this is exactly what will happen, but it, to me, in the first part of the end times, mm-hmm. we will see certain periods that are more rapid than these longer periods in history, but will be similar. So we have a period where there's somebody that has a crown that becomes co- given the uh, the ability to conquer nations, right. and it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a no. good thing. And then, well, we, and then we have the next horse. What it was it? The the red one. Yeah. And 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 we can have what it's doing there for the red one. Then the black one comes, and then of course you know you have uh, a pair of balances, and uh, that could right. end up being, you know, and right after that it talks about a measure of wheat costing tons of money. Right. Uh, just just a you know a day's work to get a loaf of bread is kind of bad. So. I kind of think this is also a picture of the rapid uh, end time, the rapid right. escalation of bad things in the very end of the Laodicean church. What do right. you think? Well, I've heard people try to identify the modern white horse with America, the red horse oh. with communism, and the black horse with Nazism, if only because they wore black shirts, right? <laughs> well, well, okay. You know, I'm not doing that. I'm not going that far. I'm just saying yeah. that these events could also manifest in what could possibly precede us coming up, right. or who knows? We might be at the verge of this one uh, horse or period of time, which would be marked by that horse, yeah. where it's talking about the balances and the wheat and right. and and the cost that it take, take how much it costs to make get a a, a loaf of bread. And in those days, you know, we've had really cheap food for a long time. Yeah. We really have. We really have. 
Well, I think but, that's coming to an end, don't you? Right. The book of Second Esdras, one of the apocryphal books, uh, predicts that that uh, you'll know the end is, has come when cheap food is no longer available. <laughs> okay. Well, that's true for okay. us. That's, that's right. I mean, haven't we been abundantly blessed? I mean, the birthright would give you that cheap food, wouldn't it? Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And but that's who we I, are, isn't it? I can see this, uh, you know, I can see this, again, in a very general way, where this, yeah. of course, this historical interpretation is very specific, uh, talking about specific stages of Roman history. Uh, I think if we can compare uh, empires, the modern empire of the international Jew, the international <laughs> bankster yeah. empire, okay? <laughs> yeah. All right? And, so uh, yeah. the white horse maybe would be Napoleon, well, okay. because he rode on a white horse. Have you oh, he did, famous? for sure. Yeah, right? And, uh, but he was originally controlled by Jewish banksters mm-hmm. until he rebelled against them. Very and definitely. Then, okay, and then what, what happened was communism swept over Europe, Red Horse. Yeah. Oh, you okay. bet. Yeah. Black Horse, I think, refers to the attempt by the Jews to attack us by using blacks against us. Okay, mm. Black Horse. Uh-huh. Yeah, on America the, particularly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, South Africa, America, Europe, that's happening everywhere now. Mm-hmm. And the Pale Horse would be a total decline. Okay, infighting, uh, uh, anarchy. Pale's, pale's not very, when you hear pale, mm-hmm. anything that's pale, you really think of them being sick. Right, sick. sickly pale, right. Actually, I think the word here, is, the actual Greek word means uh, greenish. Ooh, yeah, so you're right. That's uh, pukey green. green. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that, that might even mean that we were going to have disease then. Right. So well, in, yeah, in, these, right. in these general ways, these yeah. would, you know, the enemy has a mode of operandi that they repeat over and yeah. over. In right. the end times, they might do this in rapid succession rather than waiting uh, decades or centuries. They just might go boom, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And in today's uh, world, uh, I think that's how they do it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> but we have to understand how the enemy operates, and they they like to stick to the script, as you just pointed out. They and have so a certain if you, script, and they like to stick to it. I think in, in this sense, then, of where we're at, I think the white horse is here. Mm. I think the red horse is definitely here. Right. The black horse is, like you say, has come. Right. I think we're somewhere around the pale stuff. Oh, okay? yeah. No, this is where uh, the pale horse is where everything begins dying off for unexplained reasons, right? Just as the Roman Empire died out because of uh, assassinations, okay? We've had plenty of assassinations of our leaders, too. Right, but I, I think in the modern mm-hmm. era, we're talking about total decline of civilization. So if you put it in the order that you've seen uh, uh, eras and mm-hmm. and empires come and go, we are now yeah, in, the the, very end. In, yeah. The, in the very end of our nation in its, in its thrashing right. about in a very sickly and pale right. form. Right. Uh, in short, my, my statement here with regard to the historical pale horse is, in short, pagan Rome was committing suicide. Well, of course. Oh, uh, now we see Big our time. civilization is committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, I agree. 
Yeah, yeah so the, the it's, uh, history is repeating itself, okay? And, and now, we can do this because the Word of God is dynamic. Mm-hmm. It has more than one application. Like we talked last time, it has right. what? The historical application. Right. It has the doctrinal application. Application and it has the inspirational, and you know even though maybe something doesn't apply to us, like where it says, um, uh, you know, that they slaughtered a bull as a sacrifice. It's not that we're supposed to doctrinally do that, but we can be inspired by the fact that we don't have to do that anymore. Sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's inspiring. All of it is inspirational. And so, but it yeah, has to. You know, you have to understand yeah. it for to be inspired by it, right? And so, <laughs> what you did was march through the historical application, and now we have this inspirational aspect to it that I'm yeah. saying, "Hey, heads up, Renee. right? Get ready, yeah, because because we have Cause we're a, repeating Roman history is what we're doing. We're at the end times yeah. in a rapid succession here, repeating this historical, right." Uh, and yeah. each one of those came to an end, folks. Right. Well, I mean, the basic lesson here is, uh, for the pale horse is eventually a dying civilization becomes so corrupt that you can you can foresee its downfall. Only those who are trying to prop it up still can't see it can't see its downfall. But those looking at the outside, seeing <laughs> seeing that the foundation is beginning to crumble, right? You can only prop up the stock market so often before it finally collapses and never uh, is heard from again, right? That's what we're looking at. Uh, civilization as we know it is crumbling, and it's going to co- totally collapse, and will never, it will never be be the same. You know, the kingdom, when the kingdom comes, it'll be a totally different type of economy. It won't be based on fiat money, which we're seeing here. And by the way, Rome had its problems with fiat money, too, with uh, inflation and hyperinflation. So we're, we're repeating that aspect of Rome's decline as well. Okay. And then this all comes to, uh, we have the four horsemen, and then, and then what do we get shown? What's next? All right, so the fifth seal, so the first four seals are the four horsemen. The fifth seal is uh, when Emperor Justin, uh, Justinian banishes the Jews and Judaism. The foundation of papal Rome is laid. As the emperor's decline in power, the office of the bishop of Rome increases in importance. Papal Rome is to be guilty of the slaying of millions of Christian Israelites. Let me just jump to verse 4. In, uh, uh, verse 4 of what? Uh, I'm sorry, verse uh, verse 9 of chapter 6. Which says, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. In other words, this is talking about all the martyrs killed by the Roman church. And it's going to happen again. Yes, right. (laughs) It it is. It is happening again. Okay. And (laughs) And this pertains to us. I get this question every single day. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, how holy and true? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You not, do, do you not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? When are you going to come back and exact vengeance upon our enemies? 
How well, isn't long it do just we have like, to wait? Okay. How long, isn't it just like a, a Scot or a or, <laughs> right. or, or a Viking to say, I want to pick up my sword and cut off his ear. I, I'm yeah. going to do it right now. You know, uh, kind of the Peter approach, you know, uh, cut ears off, ask questions yeah. later, you right. know. And, <laughs> right. And so, uh, based, and the answer is in verse 11 that the, those asking this question need to rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were, should be fulfilled. In other words, well, there's a lot of death and suffering that still has to happen before the judgment day. But okay. isn't then number 10, uh, verse 10 of 6, mm-hmm. that's where we're at. Well, yeah. Aren't we saying that? You say you got that <laughs> yes, answer. right. And, and so what, what's the answer? Well, Hang on just a little bit longer. Just a little bit just longer, a little right? bit, Just a little bit. And, it's kind and, of like and the perils of Pauline, right? <laughs> when is the last final calamity? <laughs> okay. Well, obviously there's a few more to come because the judgment day hasn't happened yet. And as we'll see in chapter 16, there's going to be a prominence of the sun that's going to engulf the earth and pretty much burn it to a crisp. Okay, and that and that's and that's part of all this uh, end time. Right. Uh, right. So, uh, so uh, he says. He says. So you're asking. You know. So basically, this could be prophetic in the fact that you'll be in a period of time when people are asking, "Hey, dude, how long's it going to yeah, be? Right. Are we going to? You know, how long are we going to wait?" And he's basically yeah. saying, "Hang on, because a whole bunch of people have to get slayed first. Right. Exactly. That's not really a good thought. That, you know. That's, that's not, just, no, it is, but you know. Uh, <laughs> That is basically it's what happens. It's a warning. It's a warning. It's a yeah. warning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, now there's. Uh, it's basically talking about the saints who are slain by the papacy here. Okay. But uh, even today, you know, uh, th- those of us who practice Christian identity, uh, we're the most persecuted church around. Okay. And we've had our own martyrs. Uh, Gordon Cowell comes to mind, and Robert Mann. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And a few others. Boy, they just. Flat out right. murdered him. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so, uh, so this uh, issue of martyrdom n- does not end until the judgment day is is completed. Okay. And then, so uh, here's. It looks like to me before then, uh, if we're going in the order the verses are going, there's going to be a great physical persecution of right. real remnant people, and then something happens in verse. Uh, um, 12? 14, uh, 12, 13, and 14. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, oh, wait a minute. And 12. 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're let's right. Let's go through historically and prophetically, because in in this case, uh, this is looking forward from John's day, 90 AD. This mm-hmm. is all uh, dual fulfillment stuff, okay? Okay, Let's go, go to the historical uh, fulfillment. And we already talked about the decline of Rome, okay, in uh, verses 10 and 11. Verses 12 through 17, the sixth seal, the historical earthquake is the French Revolution and the Napoleonic Wars. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Uh, what, uh, what happened there was the European monarchy and the papacy both come under constant attack by the dual Jewish forces of revolutionary communism and international finance capitalism the sun the leadership has been occluded by this evil force a great earthquake communist revolution is what we're talking about and i think it's important to understand too eli mm -hmm. and repeat 
communism is economic warfare. That's right. That's and that exactly means what it is. you can die it. You can die from economic warfare. That's right. <laughs> right. And this economic warfare is still going on today. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that it's warfare. They just think nobody knows why uh, nations have depressions. Or how about yeah. they? Uh, they don't know why they don't have a job. Right. Uh, hello. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's the, economic the Bankster, warfare. The Jew Baxter is the one who put them out of work. That's exactly the war they're doing on. That's right. Okay. And then they lose their homes, their property, their families fall apart. I mean, this is what happens during war, right? Uh, I, when I was in the corporate world, we had this huge meeting when Sprint was first getting started. And it wasn't even called Sprint at the time. Mm-hmm. There was probably 1,700 of us. I mean, you know, considering there's over 100,000. When I left, there was 85,000. So, and and then I went back into uh, get another education to be uh, a doctor. But yeah. there was a meeting of at certain level up, and I was in that. Yeah. And they were talking about what they were doing. Get this, get this, this is going to blow you away. They were talking about how they were going to move forward, and one guy literally in the middle of this meeting stood up, and he said, if you don't get rid of the attack on us to make this company good, we're going to go down the tubes just like Southwestern Bell did when they used EEO laws to put black people to work. In other words, just putting them to work because they're black instead of qualified, it can destroy a company. That's what he said. In the place, you could have heard a pin drop. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Not even even the corporate muckety-mucks. Right. They they just stood there just dazed. How do you respond? Well, yeah. I mean, the point is well taken. You have to have qualified people if you want your company to succeed. Okay. Oh, no, no. You know, I, could, I was just waiting for him to go, oh, no, no, don't worry about that. We don't need qualified <laughs> yeah, people. Right. You know, what do you say to something like yeah, that? Yeah, well, was... you can only have so many pencil pushers and people taking up space before your company goes bankrupt, right? Uh, and, and why I brought that up is those EEO laws, this equal employment opportunity because of your right. color has to be, you have to have X number of people of this Racial color. Racial preference. Racial That's preference law. economic yeah. war. That's right. That's exactly what it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the stars of heaven represent the monarchies. They fell. And uh, even the American Civil War was fomented by the House of Rothschild because they financed both sides. They financed the slaveholding South and they financed the uh, anti-slavery North. And um, uh, with, as a deliberate attempt to divide America into two camps, two opposing camps because it's well, they're the ones that platformed the ideas that were yeah. abrasive to each other, and they, of course, exactly. always do that. They That's always right. throw a rock at one guy and say, "He, that guy behind you there, he, behind right. he threw it." You know? Yeah, they're always the ones instigating the conflicts. Okay, and these conflicts are not going to end because people simply do not perceive who stages that these wars are staged. Just like okay. a, just like the the war in Ukraine. Yes, exactly. Why can they not see who's (laughs) who's doing it and who the real evil ones are? And because so few people do understand, only the elect. The Bible says there's only a few people who understand, and that's the elect who cannot be deceived. Everybody else. 
And it, ISIS is the same way. All it, these exactly, wars. Exactly. It's more the same. Uh, they, uh, what's the word? They cultivate the enemy. <laughs> okay? They cultivate the enemy. And, may, well, and in, they, in the beginning they pretend the, that they're opposed to when they're actually supplying them and financing them. Mainstream media glossed over it. They barely mentioned it in one or two yeah. of the main ones. But when the Ukraine war first started, and they had to get it kind of fired up and going good, mm-hmm. there were snipers. This one particular sniper, he was shooting people on both sides of the of the right, and he was an battle. Israeli sniper, and it was an Israeli. Yeah. That's right, <laughs> a Jew, right. It's the Jews who foment war against both sides. All right? Yeah, he was shooting people on both sides so that the two sides would hate each other. So what do you think, if Rand Paul has put in a bill to audit the Fed that this one lady says, I don't want it, it's not to be trusted, Uh and Rand Paul's main staff advisor is a... Yeah, uh, 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 an Israeli Jew... Well, yeah, he's an Israeli Jew and is the campaign manager for yeah. Netanyahu. Just what kind of policy do you think that is? It's that bogus policy. It's it's a show, just like it, his his father. What did his father accomplish have... in, what, 16 years of bashing the Fed? Nothing. And, and, here, and get this, though. Get this. And he might have been just one man unable to get it done. I don't right. know. Might have been. Right. Yeah, but the bottom line with but Rand is he's a, his, his son is obvious. You know, we don't even have to read the bill, right, to know what he's up to when we know these kind of people right. advise him. Right. And but I know for what, a fact that uh, Ron Paul was a phony, because okay. you know for all the years that he was bashing the Fed, and I, I understand he wasn't getting any publicity. That mm-hmm. uh, you know that. that the main networks never covered him, and he was always a, you know, the last, the last candidate to be invited to the debate, right? If debate, if if invited mm-hmm. at all, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact is, when he he was chairman of the House Banking Committee, he had Ben Bernanke in the hot seat, and didn't ask him a single tough question. Oh well, I've heard him talk. I've actually heard him ask him. I really did. I watched him. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. No, I really did. And here I'm asking now, did he enforce? No. Well, I don't, you know, that's the whole different, that's a whole different scenario. Now I will tell you this. I think they were still afraid of him for some reason. I just think they didn't trust him completely. Okay. Yeah, that's possible too. Right. I mean, they may have thought they had him, but he may have been, you know, because I mean, he was, he was adamant, adamant about, uh, uh, the Mises Institute and uh, uh, you know gold and silver backing the money and that kind right. of thing. That I know yeah. of, he never didn't ever sway from that. But if you really look at his favorite book, Rand, mm-hmm. uh, the um, you know the book by Ann Rand. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a Jew. Right. He wrote that book. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's yeah. not like a Jew can't tell us the truth. I mean, right. you know, look at uh, Nathaniel. You know, yeah. he's a Jew telling you the truth. Okay, yeah. See, what, what people have to understand is that this is the Super Bowl, and, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the Democrats are, let's say, the New England Patriots, and the Republicans are the uh, the Seattle Seahawks, right? 
They're both working for the same league, <laughs> right? And, you know, and people might kill each other uh, depending on whose side they're on, but it's a staged event. That's what politics is. It's a staged event, just like the wars. Because the same group of people created the two parties, <laughs> right? The Republicans mm-hmm. and the Demopublicans. Uh, it's a Hegelian dialectic. They have it's to. It's exactly uh, right. It's a dialectic. But they've they've, they've uh, seasoned and, right. and trained the brain ever since we were yeah. little kids because we all had these these uh, North versus South high school games and college games, and so the dialectic of going left or right or uh, win yeah. and lose yeah. and. Uh, and just two people. I mean, have you ever seen a football game with three teams on it? No, no, right. <laughs> I mean, have, you ever, have you ever seen a team with uh, uh, two, uh, three basketball teams on the court? Right. No, no, it doesn't uh, work. You know, <laughs> we right. wouldn't. Our brain is so messed yeah. up with this duality, we wouldn't have a clue, and that's why they can't comprehend the third party. Right. Hey, maybe the answer isn't. Republican, maybe the answer isn't Democrat. You know, yeah. maybe it's something else. Well, but, the important you know, thing is that the the range of the debate is decided upon beforehand, and any outsider who wants to add new topics of discussion, let's say, you know, why are why is America supporting the Israeli state to the tune of billions a year? Uh, ten times more than any the, all the rest of the countries combined, isn't there kind of an overwhelming, uh, you know, uh, imbalance there? Well, you know, but yeah. nobody ever talks about that. Mm-mm. Neither Mm-mm. Republican or Democrat will ever discuss that. Right? I, I always I'm going to sway uh, just because uh, I feel compelled by uh, absolute uh, honor. I'm not going to judge Ron, Ron Paul too harshly. Okay. I don't have enough evidence, hard evidence, to say he's a bad guy, but I have enough that his son has this wayward yeah. extremism. <laughs> he's a wayward son. <laughs> you know, Ron Paul's okay. out of the picture. I, I'm right. not going to hold it against Ron Paul for never being successful. One of the reasons why is I don't even think I could have been successful. And I'm not saying I'm a Ron Paul or any kind of good congressperson, but I'm just saying if I'd have fought the the good fight, uh, you wouldn't have gotten cooperation on the Hill. It, it's, of course not. It, it's, it was, it's right. just not a beatable thing right now. Right. But and, there, there, there is, obviously, on the right, in the media, you have uh, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, Sean oh. Hannity... And, and a bunch of others who are basically spokespeople for the Republican Party. And then you have, uh, who is it, uh, Hannity and Combs. Uh, I don't know what his first name is, Combs. And uh, Alan Dershowitz and a few others, you know, uh, arguing for the Democrats. And uh, so people get sucked into this dialectic between the two groups, neither of which affects any state uh, change, any real change. Uh, well, they the got to make it emotion. They got to yeah. make it look emotional. And oh yeah, stuff. right. Oh, man, it looks so real. <laughs> it looks so convincing. It does. You know? and, yeah, and, yeah. and so what? What do people do? Yeah. They don't say the answer is neither one. They pick a side. They right. think there's only these two. Uh, you right. know. So economic war is just like right. that. 
they create two sides that creates right. fiction or friction. Right. Both. Both fiction, fiction and, and friction. friction. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's what you were just covering. Right. Economic war upon yeah. the people. Now the absolute proof that the Republicans were never interested in challenging Barack Obama is they never questioned his birth certificate. They never <laughs> questioned his uh, driver's license and social security number, which was issued in the eastern state like Connecticut, not Hawaii. That never happens. Your, your social security number is issued in the state that you're born in. Okay? And all of his past uh, and his, the fact that he's a Muslim, none of these things, the Republicans never questioned a single one of these aspects of Barack Obama. Why? I mean, if they if they well, were because, really opposed to the Democrats, is, they would have fought hard against him, but they didn't. Well, it's just like you were saying, in the period of this season or time era of the That's end, right. we're at the very end of right. uh, this sick, pale empire with a Laodicean church that has, uh, at its core, it's rotten, and how else can we going to get any? I mean, mm-hmm. so really to me, Obama represents the epitome of a sick empire. Oh, man, yeah. Very sick. A declining empire. Okay. And okay. I think we've got one more. And that's now that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I think we have one more sick leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think they're going to be representing so yes. sickly as they are beastly right. and ruthless and and uh, you know ready to tear you limb from limb, so to speak. Right, right. And, and so that's think, where this uh, this time you were talking about is right. coming. Hey, wait a little while. We're in the Obama sick period. Going, hey, when is it going to be? When is it going to be? And we're to wait a minute, wait a right. minute, because we have these. People that yet to be tortured, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised that the next president isn't the one that gives our enemy the power to come cut our heads off, so right. to speak. Exactly. Yeah. So this little season spoken of in verse eleven, mm-hmm. uh, I'm convinced is the French Revolution because it was the the French Revolution. Oh, that the was bloody. Yeah. Oh, bloody, and it's it's spreading world. It has spread worldwide. Because the same it wasn't people. the kind we had. It wasn't anything no, like that. No, our, our revolution, American Revolution, was totally different. It was not communist. It was Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and this well, still lingers in France, doesn't it? It's kind of... Oh, uh, yeah. France, France is a very socialistic uh, <laughs> still. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, they still celebrate Bastille Day, even though there are only 16 prisoners. <laughs> right? <laughs> there are only 16 prisoners. Oh really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, there, like, oh. there, was, there was no invasion. There, well, it, man, we ought to be celebrating Kalanmen or something. It's the I whole mean, thing is, yeah, right. The whole thing is propaganda. Well, we but, ought to be celebrating the day that uh, uh, we in uh, in uh, uh, Eastern Europe got right. hauled off to the Huskal for smuggling Bibles. Right. There were sixteen of us. And of course, <laughs> the, the Bolshevik Revolution. The Bolshevik Revolution was a continuation of the French Revolution. Same. Uh, Trotsky even wanted to bring back the guillotine, but he was overruled. Oh, because, that doesn't. That you know yeah. that whole bunch of boy, those guys. Yeah. They, you know, uh, the there's a guy that's still alive today. He's the great grandson of 
Swerdlov, the first president of communist Russia before mm-hmm. Lenin even. Yeah. Okay. He knows me and hates my guts. And uh, before <laughs> I figured all this out, I couldn't figure out why he hated me. Right. Yeah, because you're a truth teller, <laughs> right, and an anti-communist. Well, he just doesn't like Scottish people. <laughs> Most Scots tend not to be communists. <laughs> okay. So the rest of Chapter 6 talks about this little season, from the French Revolution to the Judgment Day. And we'll visit this again in Chapter 20. And, and Chapter 6 concludes with verse, verse 17, For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? So what we're talking about is the communist capitalist upheaval from the French Revolution until the Judgment Day when the Jews rule the world. Well, that's what we're in. That's what we're in. And so that last verse is yet to come. And, man, I'll tell you what, we've got a lot to go through, though. Well, well, a great day uh, from from John's perspective in 90 A.D., this little season – is you know uh, well 300 years 1789 to 2000 you know somewhere I don't think we're going to last a total of 300 years uh, <laughs> something less than 300 years because we can see the end the the world empire of uh, of communism and uh, finance capitalism which work together they're not opposed to each other that's another part of the 1789 what are we 235 years yeah, something like that right it's not going to last much longer it's just about we're just about at the very end of it okay and it's dying of its own corruption as all empires do okay dying of its own corrupt so the great day of his wrath is come who shall be able to stand no nothing will stand everything everything we know and are used to uh, Kmart, uh, 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 Walmart. It's all going. The Catholic Church, Judaism, all. It's all going to be wiped clean. Nothing's mm. going to be left. Uh, well, the, it, the oil industry has laid off one uh, just recently because of the sanctions, which is economic war. Yeah. And it, you know, you get this. His handlers, his. Obama's handlers right had him put sanctions on Russia. Uh-huh. Now right. that makes it look like we're we're sanctioning Russia. Do you think Russia's really been hurt? No, of course not. Uh-oh. But guess who has laid off 100,000 right. workers in the oil industry? Yeah. Well, we talked about this earlier, the 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 current drop in the price of oil was initiated by the Saudis in an attempt to negatively affect Russia's, you know, balance of trade, okay? But they miscalculated because Russia is not dependent on selling oil to foreign markets. Russia is not uh-huh. dependent on that market, okay? No. So, well, they just signed a, uh, it's, signed it's an oil deal. the West, so-called West. They just signed an oil deal yeah. uh, with the two largest uh, populated nations in the entire world, which represent... Over half the world's population, yeah, right, and that's China and India. Uh, right, he's signed a gas deal with. I mean, yeah. he's not this country. Hey, what is real wealth? Well, one of the things happens to be how many cows you have on a hill, but it also is your natural resources. Right, exactly. Yeah, and Russia is one of the most rich countries with, when it comes to natural resources. 
on the face of the earth, if not the richest. Just look at the territory. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the, ga- it's the largest natural gas company in the world. Okay. It's the largest oil yeah. company in the world. Right. So uh, we're, we keep focusing so much on the Middle East yeah. that we lose sight of this. And, you know, guess who's got their sights set on that oil in, in Russia? Right. Yeah, so it's like somebody in Cleveland, Ohio, say, I, uh, I, I've got a big gas company. I'm going to lower prices and see if I can bring down Standard Oil <laughs> by yeah, lowering right. my prices. Yeah, it ain't going to work. You don't have the markets. Yeah, it's just, it's just not going to work. Okay. No. And there's there's other things. You know, uh, uh, Russia's other natural resources. You know, I think probably they they can blow Europe out of the water in terms of natural oh. resources. Well, they depend on them. Well, yeah. BP had to buy into um, their oil company in order to, yeah. you know, make yeah. sure they had some interest right. in keeping it going because Europe depends on heating uh, yeah. from from Russia. Exactly. You know, exactly. really what, what we need to learn is that the Russian czar's family and all those people that are that kind of people in yeah. Russia, they were protecting the faith. Yes, they, they were. were part of they were part of our family, but man, yeah. it's just impossible to get people yeah. to see that. But uh, see, American listeners and European and uh, Australian and South African listeners, people who are listening to this show, have to realize that the Russian people know that the Jews instituted the Bolshevik Revolution, mm-hmm. and they haven't forgotten. And I think Putin is basically their representative. He's the he's the, the old Russia, Russia come back to life. Not communist Russia, but Tsar, Tsarist Russia come back to life. At least in its Christian, he is trying to reinstitute a Christian Russia, which had been almost obliterated by the Jews, the Bolsheviks. Okay? Christianity was driven underground, and therefore Christianity in Russia is actually stronger because, of it, because it has been persecuted than uh, elsewhere where, you know, we talked about fat and lazy Christians all over the world, the Church of Laodicea, okay? Russia is an exception there because Christianity has been persecuted in Russia for 70 years, okay, by the Jew Bolsheviks, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, th- therefore, Russia is really, in, compared to us, a dynamic country, <laughs> all right? Uh, America has been... Uh, how should I put it, wasted by the banksters, our resources stolen, just like the Jew Bolsheviks did to Russia, but in a more economic sense and not in a military way. Uh, But it's becoming more military because Obama is going to be, you know, sending out the shock troops to people uh, to make people toe the line. If they want, you know, they haven't been able to take our guns away. That's the big difference between America and Russia. The peasants of Russia had no guns. The communist Russia. Yeah, right. Yeah, before apparently, that's why the Bolsheviks the, were able to defeat yeah. them so easily. And apparently, uh, I just saw on our uh, guest six mentioned that Russia legalizes concealed carry and gave okay. us a link. Well, that's not surprising. Of course, we have our normal yeah. trolls. And they've gotten less uh, obvious trying to sneak in. Mm-hmm. But, hey, I don't care uh, you know, what they say. I know I can tell a troll from a nod. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, go figure. 
Yeah. And so now chapter 7 uh, goes into uh, more prophecy. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me just go through the, the passage. Oh, by the way, here. the guest 6 is not a troll. I didn't mean yeah, to imply right. that. Right, yeah, I didn't think so, yeah. Uh, I, actually, I'm not logged in. Uh, I've been updating my computer, so I haven't been able to log into the uh, to the show today. So uh, at least to the uh, you know, internet version oh, of it. Well, I see okay. your name up there, but uh, hey, go ahead. Okay, for some reason, I'm I'm not able to see the chat room. Okay. Really? Yeah, uh, but that's that's not uh, that's not, not on the comment, huh? right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Uh, uh, chapter 7, the continuation of the sixth seal. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, uh, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. So this the, this angels are preventing total total catastrophe. If if the Jews had their way, this this earth would have been destroyed already. And we'd have a global Zionist dictatorship. Maybe in in the ancient period they had some massive weapons, but we have they have massive weapons. Yeah. In fact, they're always refusing to admit they have them, so they don't have to abide by any kind of accord or law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so there is the capacity. Yes. For uh, mankind is what I'm getting at to actually obliterate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you ma- can you imagine what would happen if if we had uh, every nuclear reactor do a Fukushima? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd all be toast pretty pretty quick. Right. Or a Chernobyl type event. At least right. Chernobyl got covered with concrete. You know. That... Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that uh, retains the uh, uh, what do you call it the radioactivity. Yeah, it keeps yeah, it from right, spreading right. as bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's saying so these angels are preventing the Antichrist from exceeding uh limits set by Yahweh to hurt, kill and destroy. Okay? As it is, it's bad enough. Even d- during all of this constant warfare, the earth's population has increased to seven billion people, <laughs> right? So even though the you know, in other words, the growth of the population is outpacing the ability of the Antichrist to enslave us. Okay? And uh, and, and typically what happens, you know, you've heard of white flight, right? So yeah. white people move out of neighborhoods where black people are moving in, and uh, you know, and then pioneers leave area economically. I just wrote an article that I got yet to post up about that. Okay. There's uh, this is a syndrome that's uh, predominantly and only white people. There's no Jew flight. There's no black flight. No, there's no Hispanic right. flight. There's no yeah. Chinese flight. Well, if there is, it's into white neighborhoods, not right. out of them. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's because it's the white race that's under attack, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the Jews are attacking the white race. They're really not concerned about the other races. They'll deal mm-hmm. with them once they've uh, once they have attempted to eliminate us, right? So that, and so anybody who is cooperating with the Zionists in attacking us will be sadly disappointed if they if they ever do succeed, because then they're going to eliminate the other races, and because they want to reduce the Earth's population to uh, half a billion. If they can, their, if that rumor is true, you know, if yeah. that rumor is true, but why not? They, they can't manage, uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, 
they can't seem to get yeah. enough control with so many people, you know, because right. there's not very many of them. Right. Literally, not very yeah. many. Yeah. It, and, uh, you know, it's and, amazing how small a number they really are, you know. Well, yeah, the Jews are no more than, you know, like 1%, even less of the Earth's population. Yes, left, less than 1%, yes. Yeah. 2 to 3% of the population in America, and they control all the corporations and all the banks, right, and the media, Right mm-hmm. and the politicians, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how many Jewish Supreme Court justices do we and have? the nuclear bombs that you were right, just yeah. talking yeah. about that that, exactly. that could annihilate, uh, you know, where it says yeah. what is it in uh, uh, chapter seven verse three? You were, you know, it just says right there that they're keeping the. It says, "We'll read it. Go ahead and read it, because this is what had to be stopped: is yeah, the annihilation hurt, yeah, of the planet, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees." Till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Okay, so the earth uh, had to be protected. Right? Yeah, the Israel, Israel had to be protected because the next uh, few verses are talking about sealing the hundred and forty-four thousand, which are twelve thousand of each of the twelve tribes. <laughs> okay, so the theme is Israel, not the Jews. Israel, because who's being attacked? Are the Jews being attacked? At the very worst, throughout history, Jews have been kicked out of countries, and there's been a few pogroms here and there. Okay? <laughs> but when you, when, you, when you compare the number of white people that have been the Jews through this period, it's obvious who's taking the brunt of all of this evil and catastrophe and genocide. It's our people. Okay? Not the Jews. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So uh, so Yahweh is sealing his 144,000 who will become the dominion government uh, in the kingdom. Okay. Now, a lot of people interpret that to mean only 144,000 survive. Right. No, this is talking about the government of the New Jerusalem, and we'll, we'll get to that in uh, chapter 21 and 22. Okay. okay. Yeah. But nevertheless, the the focus of all this prophecy is the twelve tribes of Israel, yes, our people. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. and so and a lot of people ask the question: Well, why isn't Dan mentioned in verses five through eight? And that's because the tribe of Dan was outside of, still outside of the sphere of influence of both the uh, the Roman Catholic Church, who all began to be under attack. Uh, by the Bolsheviks, as well as Christianity in general. And uh, they were way up in Sweden and uh, Denmark, you know, where there wasn't that much infighting. In well, there was a proxy to step in anyway, when since there was two, uh, you know, uh, you had Joseph, so Joseph split into two. Right. Yeah. right. So to speak, okay. you had a replacement. Right for for that anyway. So, but the numbers, you know, one hundred forty-four thousand plus. There's uh, there was a book uh, written by oh, I can't remember his name, a, a basketball player, uh, who said that uh, the actual Greek translation is should be one hundred forty-four thousands, thus making the oh, that'd be big. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, making it more a symbolic number. But I here again, I think we can take it both ways. There's going to be literally 144,000. Because well, the bottom line is it's going to be right. True Israelites, right? In in the government period is mm-hmm. what you're saying. That's yes. it. 
Right. They'll make up the New Jerusalem. Okay. And uh, no other people are going to be allowed in the New Jerusalem. There still will be a planet Earth, uh, but the New Jerusalem is going to be the seat of the government. Okay. So uh, after this, uh, verse 9, after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with their palms with uh, palms in their hands, just like at the uh, Palm Sunday, okay? Oh, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne. So these are people who worship the Lamb, all right? That's the 144,000. The rest of the world is not worshiping the Lamb, <laughs> you know? The, the vast majority of people on the planet are not worshiping the Lamb. They're involved with the beast, with Mystery Babylon, Okay. So these verses here, uh, 9 through 17, are again a, fore, a foreshadowing of the okay. kingdom, of, of the coming we kingdom. we got about uh, a few verses there. We'll keep going then. So yeah. we go up to 17. What's, then we stole 18. There is no 18. Okay. Yeah. So, so again, this is uh, another flash forward to the ki- people in the kingdom. Okay. okay. From the perspective and, and, of and, the and people I'm, there, I'm not from the perspective the next of heaven. Yeah, go ahead. I'm looking at the next president uh, being the one that starts helping increase the the number of people that are in white robes. Uh, <laughs> right. So, so it's just a, yeah, well, yeah, we don't have a black robe regiment, unfortunately, not anymore. Yeah. But uh, right. Go ahead. Eight okay, one. so We're that brings one, us huh? to uh, chapter eight, and I think we can probably get through chapter eight today. Okay. And this is the seventh seal. The seventh seal is opened. Silence for half an hour. And I Tell me this. about that. What's your thoughts yes. about the half hour thing? I don't okay. get it. Okay. Yes, this is this is the lull before the storm. We're, we're flashing back. This is now a flashback to Rome. The lull before the storm is the reign of Constantine. And the seven trumpets, the seventh seal consists of the seven trumpets. The seven trumpets are blows to the empire of Rome. Again, this is the uh, a continuation where we left off with Roman history. Okay. This is now a continuation with Roman history. Verses 3 through 6, the trumpet angels prepare themselves. And the first trumpet, 396 to 429, the sacking of Rome by Alaric the Goth. Okay, so after so Rome pretty much self-destructed from its own corruption, and the papacy took the place of imperial Rome, uh, nevertheless the papacy had uh, a few issues of its own to deal with, uh, and the first trumpet was, and this again is the, the interpretation of Howard B. Rand, the historical interpretation, the sacking of Rome by Alaric the Goth, and we're talking about the Germans, the barbarians, so-called, right? Uh, verses 8 and 9, the second trumpet, 429 to 476, the Vandal invasion under Genseric of Spain. We're talking here Germanic tribes invading Rome. One-third of the Roman fleet is destroyed. Verses 10 and 11, the third trumpet, 434 to 453, contemporaneous with the Vandal invasion is Attila the Hun, the star which fell from heaven, also called Wormwood, or extremely bitter. Now also the word Wormwood 
I think in uh, what's the what's the country where the uh, the meltdown Chernobyl. was? Huh? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the you know where that was, don't you? Well, yeah, and uh, you're going to die when. Oh, well, you're not going to die. Uh, <laughs> it's in the Ukraine. Yeah, I was going to say Ukraine, but the Ukrainian word for wormwood is Chernobyl. There you go. Okay, so here's another dual fulfillment. Okay, it means extremely. Well, it's bitter. just like I just like I was saying. You're going over the historical part, but there's still the application yeah, that's coming right. in the future, which is just a rapid succession of events. Kind of like, you know, why did we ever get the saying? History repeats itself. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, <laughs> because it, it, well, it was a biblical concept. Right. It yes, came it from is. the Bible. I mean, it was. You know, where did you get? It hits the fan. You know, mm-hmm. right. as, the shinola. <laughs> the shinola hits the fan. Well, it's right. and where do you get? You know, well, obviously robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, right. all yeah. uh, you can't get blood out of a turnip. All these sayings, they're right. all biblical. Yes, yeah. yes, they are. Yes, they are. And then, uh, so the fourth trumpet, 476 to uh, 622, the insurrection of Odoacer. Odoacer was a German warrior who served with the Roman army. He felt he was unfairly passed over for promotion. In revenge, he organized his own army of rebels and sacked Rome. So these first four uh, seals or uh, trumpets uh, are further history of the Roman Empire. Okay, so continuing with the uh, first, we had the uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse, mm-hmm. and so the first four trumpets are a continuation of that Roman history. Okay, and then we have that lowly period, and we have all hell yeah. breaking loose. So we're not at the lowly period yet. In well, the, in, well, there was the a lull. There was historically there was yeah when uh, when Constantine was emperor. Okay, mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. a lull because he was uh, he was actually a fairly good king, and uh, there was a lot of peace during his reign. There wasn't a lot of warfare going on, uh, but you know, before him there was uh, all kinds of tremendous chaos, and then uh, after him, uh, the the kingdom, the empire began to fall apart again, with a lot of infighting. And the last the last section of the fourth trumpet is infighting among the Romans again. Okay. So, but during this time, the papacy was growing in strength. It was growing stronger and stronger because uh, the, the papacy was the revival of the sixth beast. The, uh, that's the beast that suffered the deadly wound but was reborn. And we'll get to that uh, probably next week. Okay? Okay. All right. All right. So, chapter 9, the fifth and sixth trumpets. The fifth trumpet, also the first woe, 622 to 1299, the Hegira, the era of Mohammed. Okay, let's read verse verses 1 and 2. And well, we're fifth, still in that period, though. Yeah, remember, this is a historical interpretation. It's an ongoing, you know, it's a flow of events of the, uh, basically, the what the Christian Israelites of Europe had to endure historically. Okay. Well, they took completely over, uh, like you say, they completely took over Spain. Right. Yes. Uh, that's later. That That's the mm-hmm. sixth woe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go I ahead. Mean, I'm go sorry, ahead. the second woe. Okay, so the, the, these last three woes have to do with Mohammedanism. 
Okay. Uh, verses 1 and 2, the angel with the key to the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit symbolizes a seemingly endless parade of invaders against Western civilization. Mohammedanism is the first wave. The locusts, and I think this one here is going to, there's so much detail in this one, we probably won't get through with this one today. But uh, there's a lot of detail about what's going on in Chapter 9 that, uh, that Howard Rand paid very close attention to. Well, let's kind of before we, and let's bring it back into detail, but mm-hmm. glaze over the big picture in this right. one so we can frame it first. What, what's yes. going on? Well, the, the, the three woes, which are the last of the seven seals, the last three of the seven seals, all have to do with Mohammedanism and how it impacted Christian civilization. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what these have to deal with. And then he goes into great detail. There's very specific images that actually relate uh, very closely to the struggles of the Christians against the uh, Mohammedans, Muslims. Okay, Historically, we're still struggling with them today in, in this last era, Okay, but in a different way. Because they've been sicked on us by a third party, <laughs> right? This was at the you know, the, Mohammed made war against the Christian West, okay, and so did his successors, okay. So verse three, let's read it. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. The locusts are the Saracen horsemen with their capes flapping in the breeze as they charge. The riders advance in waves like smoke. And also the when you have, let's say, a thousand guys on horseback, they're raising a lot of dust, <laughs> right? So these are the Saracen horsemen emerging uh, from the dust as they're attacking the West, attacking Christian civilization. Okay? Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, verse 4, hurt not any green thing. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. What does this mean? One researcher has pointed out that a literal plague of locusts would do just the opposite. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you have a literal could, plague of locusts, they would eat all the green stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about literal locusts. We're talking about figurative locusts, okay? And, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was at the torment, as the torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. What's this five months about? Well, these Mohammedan warriors could only invade Europe during the summer. Well, our brother and our brother and Branson mm-hmm. talked about this, thinking that you know uh, they're going to have the sting; they'll be able to torture for five months. Right. And in a prophetic way, I think he was referring to helicopters or something. I can't yes, remember. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's a futuristic interpretation, which would certainly mm-hmm. apply to our, our time right now. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. Mm-hmm. And that would be you know another dual fulfillment. Okay. 
But historically, the Mohammedan this makes a whole lot of sense. Well, they're not gone, so Mohammedan is, is. It may have been history, but it's also current. Because yeah, right. It's, they're reemerging, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so this this explains the five months. Well, why? Because in the winter time, they, they couldn't bring their own provisions. They had to uh, take Live the cattle the and ah, the, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. food, and that could only be done in the summertime. The five months from spring, to, you know, let's say May to September, something mm-hmm. like that. They couldn't uh, invade during the winter time because they didn't have it, the ability to carry their own provisions. They had to get those as they traveled. Okay, so that explains the five months. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. What does this mean? Well, what the Mohammedans were doing was they were forcing people to convert by the sword. (laughs) Okay? You become a Mohammedan or you die. Okay? (laughs) So some people against their, you know, they didn't have the courage to be martyrs like the Christian martyrs of the first, first few chapters we talked about. Because people had begun losing their faith and be, had, had become materialistic, it said, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll become a, a Muslim. Just don't kill me, please, don't kill me." Right? So even death shall flee from them. Okay, because they they were too cowardly to die for their faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse seven, and the shapes of the locusts were like to horses prepared to battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. Uh, The Saracen horsemen, as seen from above, with their robes flapping in the wind, resembled locusts. Also, they came from the Arabian Peninsula, the land of the locust. The most common color of their turbans was yellow, crowns like gold. And, of course, these locusts had the faces of men, since they were indeed men. (laughs) Okay? Right. Well, they had this, uh, they didn't really have a crown as much as it could have been called a crown, but they had a, a turban. kind of a helmet that kind of came yeah, that to a, too. Yeah, or a round turban. helmet that came to a point at the top. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. and, it, and it was uh, put there so that if you hit him on the head, it would deflect it. It right. kind of came to a point so it wouldn't just stop. It would kind of redirect the blade to go to the side. Right. Right. And that's why they wore these. And it's very, it's a very common uh, historical helmet for uh, Muslim warriors. Mm-hmm. It's very okay. well known. Uh, I don't know if the caliph uh, wouldn't be what you would call the caliph warrior's garb or whatever it's called. Right. Uh, it's a very common uh, helmet, but it it could be almost as if it was a crown. It. Uh, mm-hmm. Had right. a band around the forehead part, and then this smooth part went to a around, yeah. and it kind of like it looked like a uh, a, a funnel a, upside a down, head. you know? <laughs> yeah, a cone head, <laughs> not a real tall one, but but right. but it it went up enough yeah. to it went to a point at the top. Yeah, yeah, I can picture that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of drawings of those, right? And so it could be referencing those those crowns as well. Okay, those hats. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, helmet. you could be standing up in in a, in a in a royal setting as a monarch and have that on, and if right. you didn't know whose it was, it might look like a crown. Right. right. Now, verse eight, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, and uh, of course they had long hair that was wrapped around in uh, 
inside the helmet. But uh, I'm sure for a lot of them, as they were riding, the hair came loose. And so you saw their long hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. They had very long hair, which was wrapped up under their turbans or, in, uh, or helmets. Teeth mm-hmm. like lions. Picture them charging at you with their eyes and mouths wide open and their white teeth gleaming through their hairy faces with full beards. Okay. Uh, kind of like, uh, I don't know, is Murray's auto parts still in business? <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of face, right? <laughs> A hairy face with big smiling teeth, right? But mm-hmm. they're coming after you to kill you, right? Also, the sunlight would be reflected from their raised swords and from their helmets. Mm-hmm. Okay? So all of this uh, is describing the the Muslim invasion, of the, the, the first Muslim invasion uh, by, by the Mohammedans, okay? And they had breastplates, as it were, breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots, of many horses running to battle, breastplates of armor, the rumbling sound of the invading cavalry must have been very terrifying. And, of course, I can see that, that probably very similar to the sound of a helicopter coming well, over Well, all that. of it, all of these uh, parts of their uh, garment, uh, their their uh, warrior outfit, are still there. I mean, yeah. if you go look at uh, ISIS today, so to speak, it's... It's a uh, it's Jews basically equipping and partially led by the Mossad, of course, uh, uh, Muslims. Yes, that, that have yeah. been given a okay to go kill, murder, maim, and you know. In fact, right. uh, some of the criminals out of Saudi Arabia have been given this uh, charge to go join ISIS, and these mm-hmm. criminals are psychopathic killers. They're right. psychopaths. Yeah. Well, oh, they've got the we got they've got uh, uh, all this armament Jews gave them, which are um, uh, Kevlar vests, like mm-hmm. you were talking about. Right. Uh, they've got they've got the helmets. Breastplates got, of iron, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, as it were, stuff, it says as it were, yeah. which means it looks like it, but it really isn't. And 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 so you've got all the the same trappings. Yes. Today. Exactly. That they had historically. In modern warfare. Okay, there's and they're still and they're still and they're still um uh raping, pillaging and plundering uh as we speak, you know. Yeah. Mm. Right. Now, I always, you know, it's you know, a lot of people go, well, if you are anti-Israel, then you must be a Muslim supporter. Is mm-hmm. that dialectic going on? Well, if you're not a Democrat, then you must be a Republican, right? <laughs> right. If exactly. you're a Republican, then you're. If you're not a Republican, yeah. you must be a Democrat. So it's either yeah. they don't get past the idea. No, I don't support either one. You know, common right. enemy number one of mine's a uh, uh, three-letter word. Well, during uh, World uh, War II, or during the ramp up to World War II, anybody who was opposed to America getting involved in the European war was automatically labeled a Nazi. <laughs> Right, boy, they uh, they throw they throw these labels or uh, they manufacture these things mm-hmm. and throw them uh, throw them around just just. Oh well, go ahead. We can yeah, talk about. Right. Okay, we have a few minutes left, and uh, we're uh, virtually at the end of this description of these hordes of horsemen. Okay, and uh, they had tails like the scorpions, and they were and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt meant five months. I think the tails could also be, I think this was the era where cannon were invented. Okay. 
Oh, okay. And uh, well, so the, 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 these horsemen, by the way, that you're talking about, were revered, were revered for their archery ability. Did you yes. know that? Yes, of course they were. Yeah. And and yeah. and today we put the arrow over on the left side of the bow if you're le- mm-hmm. right-handed. And and these guys didn't do that. Yeah. The arrow came up and they didn't raise it over the bow. They banged it against the bow, put it on their thumb and shot while they were on the horse. Right. Right. And they could they could jump off and be shooting still. And they could put uh, yeah. there's a guy on the internet, you can look it up, but he's He's got this uh, down pat. He can put three arrows dead in their target on the run and jump off walls and stuff and go. Uh, These guys and their archery skills is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And, and And he's not using any modern equipment. Right, exactly, exactly. So we have to remember that this translation, the translation committee, since this is all imagery, they had their hands full trying to re- trying to interpret all this stuff, right? Because you know, John is just seeing something in the future, and he's he's using Greek to trans uh, to try to interpret it. And then uh, you have uh, the translator well, having no idea what he's seeing. Yeah, this well, he's down. Okay. Yeah, he had trouble, didn't he? I mean, you, yes. know, you used the word uh, horseless carriage. Right. <laughs> uh, obvious, <laughs> obvious today that means a car. That's you know? right. Yeah. And uh, so we have to take this into consideration that that's, you know, that the translators have this difficulty here. But uh, it, we're, there's so many pieces that fit. Howard Rand has put so many of these pieces together that fit really tightly that I think his interpretation is correct. Well, now, if you were the, what would you say? Well, I, th- a car I think it is was correct. The very first, what if you saw a car for the first time? What would you right. call it? Uh, you know. Yeah, horseless carriage. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there Where's you, the there horse? You go. Hey, there's yeah, a carriage, the, but there's no horse, right? <laughs> well, there's also a patch where it says that he stood in this kind of a green patch, and on each side of him were highways, and, and these uh, horseless carriages were going to and fro. Well, it sounds right. like a freeway he landed on, you know. Right. Now, in. Uh, now, uh, in the futuristic interpretation, uh, the modern warfare interpretation, uh, that could certainly uh, hold here, too, because horses, you know, we're talking about horsepower, right? We talk about tanks and trucks. Well, it could be, and it could be the jeeps. horses of a, of a helicopter blade. Right. The sting of a sting of uh, missiles and uh, shooting out of a helicopter with their right. uh, big machines. Right. Man, it's gone, it's gone real fast. Yeah. We're at the end. Yeah. Okay, we'll do a quick review of this uh, chapter uh, you know, for next time. Okay, so next Friday? We'll start next Friday with a review. Yes. We're uh, beginning to see the future unfold yes. even as we review this history. Amen. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you, Doc. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, we'll Bye-bye. Thanks for coming, everybody. You are reaching within a life that shadows over.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.